Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. If you're a regular listener, you know the CARES. They're the family traveling around the country, covering 50 states in 52 weeks. The CARES consists of Matt Care, who is also the editor of this podcast, his wife, Lindsay, and their four kids, who are all snuggled up in a travel trailer together as they head across the United States of America to find out what makes us united. Every day is a new adventure with people they've never met before and sites they've never seen. Stay tuned as we catch up with this amazing traveling family who is out learning about the people and places that make up America. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. I wanted to start out with a quote from the CARES 50 by 52 website. It says, our country is vast and beautiful, and the kids who live here are equally as diverse as the landscape. Our goal is to spend a day in each state, shadowing a child who is close to our same age. Join us as we explore America this year, finding out how much we have in common and how much we have to learn here at 50 by 52. In episode 45, we checked in with these guys on their fabulous travels. I think they were in Wyoming at the time. But since then, they've covered three more months of weekly adventures across the country. And I believe they are in Vermont. No, I think they've moved on from Vermont. We'll have to, where are you guys at right now? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Always someplace new. And today's interview, I'm checking back with them to hear the stories of their adventures that they've had since we last spoke to them. But before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to Matt As of the first Wednesday of October, Love Your Story has been on the airwaves for one whole year. So it's our anniversary. To celebrate this, we have a special bonus for the listeners. It's a free audio book for you guys. It's called The Key to Your Super Self, How Your Stories Unlock Your Power. Um, Along with that, we also have a checklist of seven questions to ask yourself to discover if story work is for you. These are both free. Download them from the website, www.loveyourstorypodcast.com. Just click the button. They're come straight to your inbox. So thanks, Matt, for all your work on Love Your Story. And tell us about your adventures. Oh, no problem, Lori. Yeah, it has been really great the last few months. We actually just past our 25 mark. So we are halfway through our 50 states. We, uh, Rhode Island is actually state number 26. So we have done 26 states now. Are you ahead of schedule? We are a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah, Matt is going to be in South Korea for the Olympics the whole month of February. So we, we kind of wanted to book it through some of these eastern states and get out of the east before the snow comes. We're not thrilled about the, the prospect of driving a 30-foot motorhome in snow. So, no. I don't even like to drive a minivan in the snow. So, so we're getting the head of the dodge. 
head down to what texas and arizona during the winter yep yep we'll spend all the winter months in the southern states yeah we'll be down to florida by thanksgiving or sorry by christmas and no thanksgiving yeah and then we'll be to little rock arkansas by christmas and then just yeah just spend the winter in the sunny south we're chasing summer i love it and it's <laughs> i love how organized you are too so in the last three months Tell me your top four adventures. What are the things that have really impacted you? Wow, that's uh, that's pretty tough to sum up. I think a couple of the places that it's hard to decide if it's people or places that impact us more because there are places that have personality, uh, like Gettysburg had a huge personality. It just felt like a special place the whole time that we were there. And then there are people that just leave an indelible mark on your mind and on your memories and on on you as a person. Yeah, I think lots of holes in, you know, my history lessons <laughs> as a as a kid are being filled in. I honestly kind of forgot that Gettysburg was even in Pennsylvania until I, started, I was like, we gotta go to Hershey. And then I look at the map and I'm like, oh my gosh, Gettysburg's in Pennsylvania. I just thought for some reason that it was a little further east on the map. And anyways, but then yeah, so this this place that we hadn't even really, you know, completely thought through going to, who knew we'd get there, spend several days there, and that we, you know, wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it for like the next three weeks because it's such a, it's just sacred ground, you know. So many people sacrifice so much in that one spot, you know, to make our country what it is today. And the stories, we listened to this amazing audio book as we drove around to all these, you know, sites where the battle had taken place and and the stories of just these people you know that live there they, they all just come to life and you feel like somehow you've got this connection with you know people from the 1800s that you never even knew existed and it's just kind of fascinating how that happens what a fantastic way to do it to actually be there seeing the sites listening to the stories um that that has to make an impact so you said really people, people and places who are the people that stand out to you wow so one family that stands out in my mind just recently stands out in my mind because I wasn't anticipating it as much as, as it ended up being. We met this family who has adopted 14 children. They had triplets and then uh, they chose to adopt 14 other children. And when we got there, we knew that they had adopted that many children, but I wasn't anticipating what happened. I saw one of the kids uh, had a hat on that said Bulgaria. And I, I served an LDS mission in Bulgaria. So I speak Bulgarian. I lived in Bulgaria for two years. And I, I love that country. And, and so I saw this this kid who had on a hat that said Bulgaria. And I thought, oh, that's cool. They Either they have some sort of tie to Bulgaria, or maybe this child is from Bulgaria. And so I asked him in Bulgarian, are, are, do you speak Bulgarian? And, and he kind of looked at me funny, like, how do you speak Bulgarian? Because there are only, I think there might be 8 million people in the world who speak Bulgarian. So it's not a very widely spoken language. And, and so I, I asked the mom, I said, so it looks like you have a couple of maybe a child from Bulgaria. And she said, Oh, Oh no, we have a lot of kids from Bulgaria. In fact, we've adopted 12 children that are from Bulgaria. So the majority of their family is actually from Bulgaria. And um, they just adopted uh, four additional children, two uh, older girls who are 13 and 15 and don't actually speak English very well yet. And I was able to talk to them in Bulgarian the whole time and, and communicate with them and just 
joke around and, and talk with them. It was, it was one of those moments that I, I personally felt like it was, I felt like it was divine intervention. I felt like it was, it was kind of our path being directed. And um, there have been several times like that where we get someplace and something happens. We meet someone or, or we're referred to someplace and <laughs> we just look at each other and go, wow, okay. It's nice to know you're being watched over and led. I mean, that, that makes you feel a, a little bit like you're less alone on your adventure, I suspect. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I think, yeah, it's also amazing when you just meet random people, you know what I mean? Like so people that you don't have, you've never um, aligned or, you know, made an appointment to meet up with, but you'll just run into people at a campground or at a grocery store or, you know, just in line waiting to get into a museum or something and, and then start visiting. And I don't know that sometimes it's true. You just feel like they're just the most friendly strangers just out there just waiting to, you know, to make contact with. Matt uh, had the best visit the other day at a campground with this gentleman that was actually from Utah also. But he just, I mean, he was so cute and so nice. And, and just, you just feel like kind of like it's just these, you know, just family that you've never met before. And there they are. You just didn't know they were waiting for you at a campground. And he brought our kids donuts the next morning. And it just felt like, you know, like a grandpa hug, kind of, you know, someone just there to kind of love on your kids for a minute and just be kind to them. And yeah, just those little tender mercies, you know, just people. I think the news is so negative, you know, so often. And we hear so many Oh, just sad, overwhelming things about the world. But I don't know. I like to think, and I and I b- really believe that after meeting all these strangers that are so kind, that there really is so much more good than there is bad in the world. And if all the good was reported, like there just wouldn't even be time, you know, for for the bad because there's so many kind, generous loving people that are just there to help and and just offer a smile and just be kind to even strangers. It's interesting that you would say that because in my interviews in October with the Higginbotham twins, they paddled from Alaska down to Mexico and they said the same thing. You know, they, they camped way more than they stayed with people, but the people that they ran into when they needed help or assistance or a warm place to stay for the night, they said that really the one of the greatest things they got out of that trip was the fact that people, there are good people all over the place. It was really a boost to them um, about humanity. So, and that's not the first or the second time I've heard that. So that's kind of a neat thing. I think another thing that's been really cool is just the diversity. You know, our kids growing up in Utah where it's just, you know, so homogenous. So, you know, so much of the same, you know, and of course there's lots of diversity in every community, but you know, it's, there's, there are no Amish people in, in Utah. And so, I mean, not that I know of anyway. And so for our kids to get to spend a whole day with an Amish family and, and really come away from it thinking, oh my gosh, like they're so different from us, but they were also so much the same, you know, they were playing tag and they were just running around being crazy and yeah so often we we look at people and just think oh I'm sure we don't have anything in common I'm sure they're so different you know and then you get to know them and spend a little bit of time with them and you realize I don't know so often it sounds cliche but really so much more in common than you do different that's that beautiful. Was fun what so speaking of your kids what are their what are their favorite adventures what are they loving they're funny about it too because it depends on the day. Some days they, they act like this is the best thing in the whole world. And then other days they act like we have to go to another national park. Oh, (laughs) we have to go to another museum. And, and so 
it's I think it will set in later how different this is and how unique this is because to Lindsay and I I think that's how it is right now we're we keep looking at each other we honestly keep almost pinching each other that <laughs> are we are we awake is this really happening are we really doing this it's funny because that's how life is like you could make every day amazing at home or on the road or wherever you are or you could make it crummy at home or on the road or wherever you are and our kids i think are learning that i think that they're learning that you know i can choose to make this a good day or a bad day based on my attitude and based on my choices but it's not going to be because of the place i am if i can look around and see that this place is amazing I'm going to be excited about it. If I can look around and say, oh, this place is, oh, they don't have good Wi-Fi here, or oh, the <laughs> toilet doesn't work very well. You know, we've had a couple of experiences where it's been kind of wake up calls for them, like our sewage pipe broke the other day and they were panicking and then kind of freaking out like, oh no, what are we gonna do? This is the worst thing in the world. And then, you know, they made the best of it. They went down to the beach and played while Lindsay and I worked with the excellent mechanic guy that was there on the, at the park to, to get it fixed. And we got back on the road. I love that you bring that up, Matt, because really what you're talking about is the stories that we create in our own heads about any place we're at, any situation that comes up, any of the people around us. It's all the story and the perspective that we choose to create. So when we're talking about love your story, you just sort of explain it in a really beautiful way of you can be in the most beautiful place the most exciting or interesting or new place and you can still find things wrong with it if you are dead set on building and creating a negative story and like Viktor Frankl you can be in one of the worst and most horrifying places and use your mindset to find hope or focus on something positive so it's all about that story and that's what you're teaching your kids it sounds like yeah we hope so we hope so that's that's the goal <laughs> we're also saving money for their uh, psychological repair that they'll need as adults <laughs> from all the messing up that we're doing but <laughs> yeah it's been it's been funny because um, our oldest two our oldest son is 13 and then our oldest daughter is 12 you know so they're teenagers they're going through you know just the ups and downs of you know, hormones and moods and all that kind of stuff. And so, but yeah, we, we, it's so true. We just have to remind them, you know what, honestly, if we were home, you'd be moody. If we're here, you can be moody. Like it doesn't matter where we are. It's just, you know, yeah, what, we'd have problems at home. We have problems here. We have good days at home. Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> and I think they've caught on to that a little bit more. So now they're, you know, they're excited about some of the places that we've been. It's funny because we don't realize until we start talking to somebody else how much they loved one certain place or how much they loved another place. You know, we, we've tried to include them in some of the planning and sometimes that works wonderfully and sometimes it doesn't work at all. Then we get to, we take them to places that uh, we think, okay, yes, we're taking you to Gettysburg and we're taking you to meet an Amish family. And we're taking you to, you know, do things that we want to do, but we'll also take you to places that you want to go. So we found this museum that has Captain America's shield from the movie, the original Batman costume and the the car that the Iron Man fell on and uh, Ghost Rider's motorcycle. And these are things that Lindsay and I just look at each other and like, okay, you know, but 
the kids are like, oh, that is so cool. Oh, thank you. This is the best day of my life. And so these are the things that I want to do. What are the things that you want to do? And, and try and make it so that it's for everybody. Everyone will have a memorable experience. And it's funny because as we talk to different people, the kids start telling the same stories that, that we've been telling to people. So they'll interrupt us in the middle of, uh, <laughs> of telling somebody about a great museum. Michigan, have you been to? And in will jump three kids. The Henry Ford Museum was amazing. You need to go there. And, and they'll jump in and, and chime in and start telling stories about it. So it's pretty interesting. So what are their very favorite places that they've been? What are their top three? We went river rafting in West Virginia, and they'd never done that before. So that I think will definitely be definitely be impressionable. You know, just it was exciting and kind of scary and and just really beautiful. So, yes, I think that one was probably on their list, I would say. What else do you think, Matt? The National Museum of Play in New York, upstate New York. It's, it's just an amazing museum, and, and you get to play with all the toys that they have there. And they kept saying, oh, when we get home, we really need to buy this toy. Oh, when we get home. Dad, you played with that when you were little? Wait, that big wheel, that, that was around when you were little? They talk a lot about early on in our trip, we went to North Dakota, and we went to this place called Medora, and we had steak from it's called pitchfork fondue. And we had these steaks that were deep fried in oil. And I think that was just something that was so unique and that they keep remembering, Oh, do you remember the pitchfork fondue? They keep talking about that. Honestly, the thing that the kids are loving the most is just meeting other kids at campgrounds. So they, they love each other, but they also get really tired of each other. So it's so exciting for them when we pull into a campground and there's another, you know, homeschooling family or full-time family that's on the road. In the summertime, there were more, but now that school has started back up, there are fewer and fewer. So they wanted us to cancel all of our plans today in Rhode Island and just hang out with this family that we met up with and just play. And so, and we, we made a compromise. We did a little of both, but they love meeting other kids and just playing with other kids. And they they keep thinking they want to go back to the exact same neighborhood they came from and the exact same schools that they came from. But watching them meet up with these other children and make friends so quickly, we're pretty certain that we could move like almost anywhere and they would be fine. They'd meet kids and they'd adapt and they'd be fine. That's interesting <laughs> but, to be able to see that, isn't it? Because you don't ever know, but you've, you've given them a skill of getting out of your comfort zone repeatedly and being able to learn how to meet people. That's a phenomenal skill all on its own. Yeah, we've seen huge growth in, in especially a couple of our kids. Amelia, our youngest, Millie, when we first started the trip, she had a hard time even talking to some of her aunts and uncles that, you know, we would see all the time. And uh, she was, you know, a little bit bashful and shy around them. And now she's really come out of her shell. She will approach people and start telling them stories about where we've been and what we've been doing. And it's pretty interesting to see how quickly the stretching makes them grow. So tell me, where have you been? Like, I, I want a rundown of all the states and cities you've been in since we spoke last. Okay, I think last time we spoke, we were in, um, I think it was Montana. So we started, we did a, a pilot episode in Colorado. We're from Utah, obviously. So then we went up to Wyoming, Idaho, Montana. Then we did North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, 
and now we're in Rhode Island and we're heading to Connecticut tomorrow. And you've had a great adventure in each of these places. At least one. Yeah. Um, so in each state, we try and meet up with someone that has a unique lens, that has a, a different perspective than us. And, and then um, we do a, a little video. And, and I'm quite a ways behind on editing those just because it takes a lot longer than people think to edit a video. We've had at least one adventure, if not multiple adventures in, in each of those states. And it's been interesting to see how our kids have reacted in different areas. So Salt Lake City is a, a decent sized city, but it's nowhere near as big as Chicago. And so going into Chicago was mind blowing to, to a couple of our kids. We're riding in on the subway and, and there are people jam packed all around them. And, and we had to stand the whole time. And our oldest just kept looking at us like, are we okay? Is this going to be okay? Is everything going to turn out all right? Yeah, I think that was the first time in his life that he'd really felt like unsafe. You know, there were there were like, you know, some homeless people on the train and, and in the city too that we had to like step over and walk around and, and talk to and just different things, you know, and he, I don't think he's, we've taken the kids to homeless shelters in Salt Lake before and, you know, and done some different things. I don't know, there was something different about not being home, being on a trip and being in a really big city and having things that are just super unfamiliar. Yeah, crap subways and I, and our, our youngest son, he's had some issues with separation anxiety when he was younger. And um, so when we go in places in public, especially big cities, yeah, he's, he grabs on tight and doesn't let go until we get back to the RV. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's right at our side, wants to make sure he's not going to get left behind in a bathroom in Chicago. <laughs> but, so yeah, how do you make the connections with the people that you connect with out there? Yeah, that's a great question. It's so many different ways. We've had uh, friends and family members that have referred us to people that they know that live in those states. Um, some people I've just found online, I'll get on, you know, like Facebook pages for a certain state and type in, or I'll just Google like mommy bloggers in South Dakota, and, you know, and then random people's names will come up and sometimes I'll just send them a message on Facebook or on through Instagram or something. And yeah, just coworkers that Matt has worked with and he'll, that he'll just contact and, and say, Hey, do you, you do know anyone, you know, in this state that we're heading to? And yeah, we're excited. We're going to meet up with a guy tomorrow who hiked the Appalachian Trail um, several years ago. He worked in um, the prison system in Connecticut for 20 years and needed a break and decided he'd never really even hiked before. He had, didn't have that much experience with hiking, but he took off on the trail to spot a ticket to Georgia and in a backpack and, and did the trail. And now he's a, he's a speaker. He goes around doing talks and stuff because his experience on the trail was so profound. It really, it really changed him. And, and he was a reference through someone that Matt knew from work. So speaking of hiking, I'll bet it's really beautiful right now back in the east because it's fall. I, it, I mean, are the leaves gorgeous? Oh my gosh, the leaves. So we're in Rhode Island right now and Rhode Island and Massachusetts, they actually were not intensely, they're not intensely ready yet, but we were in Maine in Acadia National Park before we came here and um, our 13 year old, I've never heard him say this in his entire life, but over and over he kept saying, I think I'm going to cry. I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> So, yeah, the leaves were amazing in Maine. I mean, you go in Utah, you drive up the canyon and see the leaves, but everywhere, the entire state is just bright, shocking red, you know, and it's uh, orange and I'm envious. Beautiful. <laughs> I wish I was there. So in parting, where our time's about up, but what's impacted your thinking most in the last few months or what would be your final things you'd like to share? Um, for me, 
So I haven't been active in LDS church for a couple of years now, and um, I've had this, I've been, it's been tricky for me um, trying to find a way, because Matt is very active, and I, it's been tricky for me trying to find a way to, um, you know, to just find peace with that and to find peace with with something that used to be very dear to me, but now it's something that I really struggle with, um, understanding and wrapping my head around and respecting and all that. Anyway, and so I think our meeting with the Amish, it totally changed me. It, it made me, it gave me the ability to stand back from something that, that has been really tricky for me to, to wrap my head around and, and to understand. And, and um, it gave me the ability to just see it as something that just is, you know, just to let it be. And that's how I feel. That's how I felt about the Amish. I just thought, I don't, I don't want to be Amish, but I can totally respect their they're wanting to be Amish and their right to believe whatever they want and to make that something that's important to them and something that they can hold, you know, dear to their, to their hearts and raise their children in and all that. And so, and I hadn't been able to make that jump until we spent that time with them. And now I just feel such a peace with my relationship with the LDS church. And I had such a hard time trying to find that before. And so that's been huge for me. I, I've been so grateful that I've been able to like, just have that, just that connection that I wasn't sure how to find before. That's really neat. Um, And isn't it always interesting the way that growth and understanding comes to us? Yeah, just when you least expect it, you know, it just, yes, things just click. Something comes up. Something makes sense. Yep. For me, I think that story that I told earlier about just feeling directed, feeling like, uh, you know, like there was something bigger in, in, in the works for me. And, and that's something that, you know, Lindsay and I talk a lot about with each other about, about our individual beliefs and about our faith and, and about uh, what we hope and what we, we think about. And, and so for me that day, meeting that family that had adopted all those Bulgarian children and let alone the fact that they'd adopted all those children and, and the wonderful, amazing thing that they're doing to, to give them a life that um, is better than what they had. For me, it was almost, it was almost as if God was reaching out and saying, Hey, I still see you. I still, you know, you're there and I'm still aware of you. For me, that was huge. That was, that was very, affirming and and very wonderful because faith is one of those things that is is tricky because it's that's exactly what it is it's faith it's not knowledge it's not something that you know you can usually touch or taste or you know your usual senses it's difficult that way uh, because it's different than that. And so for me I think it was very reaffirming and and reassuring that everything everything is good. <laughs> the things that we choose uh, here upon this earth and here in this, here on our trip, the things that we choose are are going to make an impact in our lives and our kids' lives. And so we choose, we choose each other and we choose to do this trip with our kids and we choose to to live every day fully because if we didn't, we wouldn't be being true to ourselves and we wouldn't be being true to each other. That's a that really was beautiful huge. idea. That That's a really nice note to end on because it's, it's just profound and it's, it's very real to me. We, we do choose every day. We choose who we spend our time with, not because we have to, but because we make those choices. That was beautiful. Thanks for sharing those personal thoughts and ideas, guys. And the, all the personal aspects of this great adventure you're on. Thank you. Thanks for the chance to talk about it. <laughs> uh. Well, that, that about ties up our time. So I hope that we will catch up with you in another three months. So save up all your stories for us and everybody can see where you've been and what you've learned and what's happened then.
I love catching up with the Cares. They are a beautiful, charismatic, fun, just salt-of-the-earth family. One of the main things that got brought up early in the interview that I really liked and pointed out at the time was that no matter where you are, you can create a happy story or you can create a a story of dislike. And that's that's just life. But the stories, we, we get to choose every day. I think it was Lindsay that said it, but wherever you are, that's where you're at. That's a concept that in my earlier adventures, sometimes when I'd be frustrated with life, I'd think, okay, I'm, I'm going to run away. And I'd run away and I'd go to a different place to have a different adventure. And yet every time I got there, no matter where I went, I was still there. My mind was still there. My problems or whatever I was struggling with were still there. And you learn pretty quickly that you can't, moving locations doesn't change that. Changing the story in your head to be a story that makes you happy, that allows you to find satisfaction and joy in every day, that that's where it's at, that that's where you control it. So I love this conversation with them, the things that they're willing to share, and I hope that you enjoyed it and got something out of it. If you will go to the website, www.loveyourstorypodcast.com and comment, there's there's a comment box below each of the episodes. And I'd love to hear your thoughts or comments on adventures you've been on, things you've learned, or your thoughts about listening to the CARES adventures and the things that they're learning on this amazing year-long adventure. We'd love to hear from you. So have a good week. And we'll see you next week.